Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Thanks for, thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> Recording wise. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Frankie. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> three, Bergie two. Berg. Oh, wow. there. Hello there. And Frank, it's yeah. so cool having yeah. a little man. I can't believe it's two years. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Thank you for having us. And thank you for yeah. allowing me to bring my two-year-old son with us. Yeah. Uh, with what me. up, Frank? He's putting some laps on man yeah you know it's really great a lot of times parents uh they'll, they'll find it very challenging to get their kid to to really get that energy out before nap time that's not so much a challenge for me today today that's not so much why am i saying that why would i why would i do that to myself today that's not a problem today he's a tall little man yeah he yeah, loves those guitars and drums eh he does, He's got yeah. music all in him. That's the parental karma that I deserve. I was the kind of kid that bought a drum kit as soon as I could. I got a paper route so that I could buy a drum kit. Really? And I did. A $75 drum kit. They tried to upsell me to the $150 drum Where? kit. What's it up? Because it had a double kick pedal, which I was very interested in. They got you to the counter, and they tried to bump you to the strategy piece with all the margin. It was it? like one of those instances where they're like, oh, a $75 drum kit. <laughs> and me, like 12 probably, roll up there, and I'm like, oh, I want it. And they're like, it's good, I guess. But, you know, for just a couple dollars extra, you can get the one with the double kick pedal. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm, I, like, I was listening to a lot of Metallica at the time. Of course. It was of great interest. But it's literally double the price. I, I just, I was 12. $75 was more money than I ever had you seen were before. making the purchase on your own? No Oh, no, no. I was there with my dad, oh, with my pops. Course. My pops was there to advise me what on uh, the purchase. It wasn't a shop at all. It was, uh, like... What was pre It was the under a hundred ads through the St. Catherine really? Standard. <laughs> wow! So you just w- w- in what way would they would just a private guy try and upsell? Just you? private guy, yeah. The only reason why I suspect that it was uh, like a potential upsell was that uh, my dad was like, I think that that guy was trying to lure you in with the seventy five dollars. My dad doesn't sound like this, by the way. <laughs> He's trying to lure you in with the seventy five dollar kit, so you'll buy the hundred and fifty. <laughs> Sage knowledge, you know, and smart, you know, and, and oh. the, the sales side of things. I, I, it's a smart move. I wanted the $150 kit. I did not get it. No. Anyways, parental karma that I deserve. So this was me as a kid. Frank is route. expressing great interest in drums as well. Paper route. You would recommend uh, aspiring musicians get a paper route. But, yeah, you know, I guess. It, like, but that was the sort of a, a convenience of the time, too. People were delivered the news through the paper. Right. And uh, as much as I think there's still a lot of uh, place for journalism and, and even a paper, a lot of times people aren't getting the news from that paper. So, you know, it's a little different. There's probably not as many positions available anymore. <laughs> I ate them all up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are in studio recording a new album? Yeah, yeah. We're kind of in the thick of it right now. We've put everything down. Uh, we put all the tracks down, and now we're in the uh, the mixing process. So we're going to go in and clean things up. We're going to go in uh, again, and then uh-huh. we're going to get that those audio levels to a place where we're we're comfortable, and then we'll hand them over to the people that do this for for a living, and, and they'll mix it, master it, and make sure that it sounds uh, just right. <laughs> you excited about it then? I'm very excited about it. Yeah, like this project has been uh, a long time coming. Some of these songs we've been playing all tour long, and we've played more shows this year. Than we have Tell me. probably most years combined. 
I, I don't know off the top of my head, to be perfectly honest. But we were gone for most of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the entire country. Like, and by that I mean we, we crossed the entire country. It's not like we had a chance to play in literally every city. That would be some Santa Claus shit that we're incapable incapable of. Um, <laughs> and we did the states this year too. So like, we really got a chance to to spread our wings uh, much further than ever before. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as a result, we played those songs a lot. But I didn't have those lyrics written, so we were using sort of uh, Frankenstein versions of old songs lyrically. Uh, so I'm excited to get the music out, but it's even extra exciting for me because now I'm getting the chance to hear the songs like they're going to be. Studio. Studio, as yeah. Compared to when you're doing them live. And with the right lyrics, with the lyrics yeah, written for the song. When you're doing them live, are you finding that they're different every time you do them? Uh, yeah, they'll always things. change. I yeah. think that our band is the kind of band that, especially considering we've been playing together for so long, we have the, the, the privilege, that's a privilege, to be able to kind of take liberties and to uh, to just feel the music, you know, play what you're feeling instead of what it says on the page. Right. Uh, when we started out, that was not the case at all. But at this point, yeah, for sure, things change every night. Like if you what listen up, to, uh, hey Frank, if you listen to Smile on the album and you listen to Smile Live, uh, obviously they're the same song. But things like my timing, uh, and in even some cases the vocabulary that I choose to use, they'll change. You want to come on the podcast with me? Hey, bud. Beautiful man. <laughs> so I thought we'd just sit down and uh, do kind of like an air check, uh, for lack of a better uh, term. I did one with Jihad from uh, Road Waves. We just went through Red Sun Rising and played the whole thing. And then when, I, when I ran it by you on the phone, you're like, yeah, let's do the first one. Let's do the first Check one, the yeah. barometer. I even forgot that EP was your first yeah. one. I always go with, uh, oh, what was the second one? You can't do this. Yeah, you can't do this. I, I don't know why I consider. I totally forgot about check the barometer. Well, one because I don't have it in my collection. So yeah, we kind of. Uh, um, it's not so readily available. It is on Bandcamp um, mm-hmm. today, and uh, we are going to make it available on Spotify eventually. But we're in no rush to do so. It's a very old album, and that's one of the reasons why I was excited to talk about it. I mean, sincerely, when we wrote this album, we performed this album, recorded it, uh, we were literally a different band. Even though we were the same band. Oh, yeah. Well, the band's evolved <laughs> quite a bit, right? From yeah. back in the day when Nelson Beattie and Dano started it together. Nelson Beattie and Dano, and Nelson was the primary songwriter on this first album. Right. Uh, as far as the players uh, are concerned, saxophone, trumpet, trombone, sousaphone is present on this album as well. Uh, most of them are different. I can think of one person that's the same, Alex Duncan, who plays that sousaphone. He also plays trombone. And then alternatively, it's myself, Dano, and our bass player, Frazier. We are the only ones wow. that are still in the band that are on that album. So it's cool to see, you know, and, and it's cool because if you are more familiar with the recent material and you haven't heard this album, it gives you a chance to see where it, where it came from. You know, it wasn't always uh, the most recent album. <laughs> well, tell the listeners a little bit about that el- uh, evolution. Like, I mean, you've come, I mean, a long way since, you know, oh, and we got to talk about the uh, YouTube haters too, but sure, I yeah, love yeah. that video, man. Yeah. Of, uh, it's the, been a long the journey. Bell tolls. Yeah, as, uh, as far as my my association with the band is concerned, I was asked to be a part of the band. Uh, it was already called My Son the Hurricane, but I was pretty close with Nelson and Dano, who started it. And when I uh, uh, first kind of uh, introduced myself to the to the world of, of hip hop, it was a ba- it was a group called Baked. <laughs> <laughs> And I was young, and we had a lot of fun. You know, like, I really like to practice the fundamentals of punk rock, even though I never listened to punk rock. We were kind of like that, but in, in the, the, the realm of hip-hop. And really, the goal was just to get on Scene Festival. We wanted to do Scene Festival. At that time, Scene Festival was the thing. Yeah. And we were at that age where it was like, this is the thing, and I need to do it. 
And so we put together this band baked and we did it. And we put together this awesome package for Scene Festival. They let us play. It was great. But also it was one of those moments where I realized that this, this, you know, I'm enjoying this. I'm really enjoying this. Much more so even than some of the projects that I was doing that I was looking at a little bit more professionally at the time. And so I started to consider hip-hop as, as an outlet for me. At the time, I was doing metal music. Metal music. <laughs> All metal every day. And, um, and then I just kind of, I don't know, it, it took a, a little bit of time for me to get to the point to where I could actually talk about my feelings and like real true stuff, like the kind of stuff that I've uh, tried to get better at with My Son the Hurricane. And it came together when I started playing acoustic guitar. I used to just play like very much like uh, Everlast, like Whitey Ford sings the blues. And that was a big inspiration for me on top of guys like Buck 65 uh, or Tom Waits. And, and, you know, some of these guys that uh, Tom Waits, for example, or Bob Dylan, guys that have songs that are almost rap like you just never throw that category on their right. name ever. <laughs> like subterranean like a- homesick blues. It's a rap song, man. Straight up. Yeah, and it's almost like a spoken word performance from the standpoint that they're, Absolutely. they're not really singing. Or- and really, those two things are very similar as well. And that's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Frank's just wow. because. It, look He's at Timpanies back there? <laughs> <laughs> got a little bit of rhythm to him. That We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, but the band's come a long way, man. Like I said, even from, you know, the. The Bell Tolls? Is that what it's Yeah, called? From the Bell Tolls by Metallica. Yeah, like that was a pretty. That was a big uh, video for you guys. It did really well. You know, we learned uh, when doing that, the Metallica is sacred in that people will watch it because it's Metallica, Mm -hmm. but also Metallica is sacred. You don't touch Metallica. When Jihad and um, Roadways covered Pink Floyd, I'm like, dude, first of all, nobody covers Floyd. It's a sacrilege. And thank you. It's awesome. They really (laughs) made it their own. You know what I mean? But there's certain things. So, yeah, the. I the think Metallica that uh, fans came out to defend their product, eh? Absolutely, and I'm a Metallica fan. You know, I can I can understand that. And I'll be honest, uh, out of all the performances I've ever done of that song, that by no means was one of the better ones. The video, it yeah. was just a day that it wasn't working. But as much as, of course, there's a part of me that thinks that, oh, I, you know, maybe I should have gone back and, and redid it, or or maybe we should have not released it. That part is very small, and I pay no attention to it. <laughs> the reality is, it was a great practice in. Um, not humility. I'm not humiliated by it by any means. You know, I encourage people to go in there and, and make those comments. It was a great practice in digital marketing because we did encourage people to get that. We got views. Every time anybody posted anything, at the end of the day, I win. I got the view. Yeah. And, um, you know, it prepared me for the future as well. Singing somebody else's lyrics and having, you tell, having people come out and tell you you suck. It sucks, but it doesn't suck nearly as much as somebody telling you your lyrics I suck. I think I was listening to Gary Vee the other day, and he's like, "Listen, you're gonna you're gonna get bent out of shape about Scotty Skateboard sixty eight five four three. Yeah, he doesn't even have a, 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 a he's got an avatar for his picture. He doesn't even have like an anonymous account, and he thinks you suck. And he like how 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 shitty must his life be to spend the time." Watching your product and then to shit on it, like to you know. And how humble am I that you took the time to post? You know, yeah, like no. sincerely, yeah. I, my job is to provoke uh, emotion. You know, like as far as that specific device is concerned, an online video. And no matter what emotion you uh, get back at me with, you've proven that I've engaged. Like in in right. today's world, the only provable way to uh, to show that somebody's paying attention to, to to anything on your computer screen is a click, the click, the click, the click, the click. Right. And if you 
type something, you've not only clicked, you clicked <laughs> twice actually because you had to click on the, the, the bar and you've had to click send. And you're boosting and the you've, uh, you've uh, algorithms or whatever. You're getting it. You're so there's, the there's all that stuff. Now you've made my metrics more provable and it's great. It's and really then I great. loved when you came out with the haters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you so. just like to have fun. We were out in uh, Owen Sound one night. We were doing a Lupercalia Festival. And Is that when you did that video? Yeah. When you read the email? Yeah. Who, like It looks like there was a little bit of production behind it. but no, Yeah, just... well, we've always had some pretty talented people on the okay. team. Brian Walters was uh, a trumpet player of ours at one time, and he plays for uh, Casey Roberts now, which is a great band out of Toronto, if, if you haven't had a chance to check him out. But he was on the team for, for quite a while, and uh, he always traveled with a camera. And he was trying to get better at videography, so you know he was oh. very willing to try things out. Yeah. And Dano and I are always either busting each other's balls or trying to come up with some sort of angle on a skit for mm -hmm. something that's going on in our circumstances. Like, we're working on a skit right now. It's going to be funny. It's about new metal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, uh, some of the skits, man. Yeah, I love the content, but sometimes I'm going, oh. <laughs> 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 my boy's looking stupid again. Ah! That's the way it is, you yeah, know? It's no, funny. Now that it. I'm a parent, I, I, I take the opportunities to look stupid. you got to prove to your kid that that happens. <laughs> you know? you got to take it. You just accept it. That's Frank, you need help getting that open or what? No. It's lunchtime no, or what? It's funny. You say no, but you're putting it in my hands. What do you got? What are these? Janae. Okay. I'll open them for you, buddy. Very slowly. I'm going to have to bite these, bud. There you go. There you go. Chocolate or gummies? Oh, yeah. Little fruit snacks, eh, bud? Oh, yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> but that's what's cool. You know, in being in a band in 2018, from, from my experience, has been really cool because, uh, you know, as much as I love making music, clearly, obviously, music is a huge part of my life. It's probably one of the biggest components of my life. It's not the only thing I like. You know, I, I really love telling jokes as well. And um, and luckily, this band and, and, and the fact that it's 2018, we can, we can do that. Yeah, stand-up, man. I'd love to get into stand-up. I probably will, actually. This yeah. I think I caught your first gig at Mate, wasn't it? Yeah, you filmed it. Did I? Yeah. Wow. You, you filmed it. it. You uh, yeah, it's around. Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely have it, yeah. Oh, okay. It's on my drive or something. Really? I'll go back and reference it uh, every once in a while when I think about doing stand-up, just to remind myself that well, it's you know, not easy. I'm a data whore. I also lose data like crazy. And, oh, yeah? Uh, I remember one time I, I copied everything using image, image cap capture over to my drive. Yeah. And then used image capture to delete everything off my phone. And, you know, months later, I went back to try and find something. It was gone. And it was a six-month window of data that was off my my, uh, my camera on my yeah. phone. And for weeks, I looked for it because I got multiple drives. I got, a, you know, a time cap and things like that. So I'm going everywhere. Look, where did I put this thing? Where did I put it? And I couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. Couldn't. For weeks, I looked for it. And then I had to call it dead. I had to say, okay. And I mourned. I mean, I'm mourned for day. Like, I, I, I hear imagine, you. Like, we I got a terrible story from for the you. movie Fight. Oh yeah, that, um, that yeah. I did a like a walk on part, you know, yeah. very small part. Yeah. Well, and killer quality, I bet too, if it was for that. Well, production. I was behind, and you get Erica and Jay laughing it up and everything like that, and I just thought, oh, it's just, it was like a stab in the heart. To Are you ready to feel real stuff. sad? <laughs> so when I started recording music, it was on an eight-track player because uh, my brother had an eight-track player. And uh, as a result, a lot of my rapper friends would come to me. And I made beats at that time. It was through uh, Music Generator, MTV Music Generator for PlayStation 1. That's how I made beats first. 
So I'd make these beats, and I made them for a bunch of my buddies. They would do them at, like, Starvathon and school assemblies and stuff like that. And then we started recording music. So I had all of that music. I transferred it over to my to the first computer that was capable of recording music that I purchased from my paper route. Yeah, it was, was a really, really profitable paper route. It was a newspaper we were dealing with. <laughs> delivering the standard? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For years, for years, a lot of years. And then I started working at Zeller's after that. It's just an all Canadian story here. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Awesome. What was the thing we were talking about here? Uh, beats. I mean, uh, oh, right, right. So I started making beats uh, oh. there. And do, do you see that? I picked up the conversation. Like, I'm usually <laughs> the one that gets lost, too. Transferred so all of that information. Tons of songs, you know, <laughs> lots of material, lots of beats that had never been made. I transferred it all over to my the computer that I purchased with my paper route, a 333, a Pentium, probably one. Three th- yes, definitely one, 333, with eight gigabytes on it. Hard drive space. Anyways. Oh, eight megabytes. Yeah, they probably. Probably. <laughs> it must have been gigabytes, though, because I had music on there. Eight megabytes would have been what, like a couple songs? Yeah, there's no way it was a gig. Maybe it was only two gigabytes. Uh, the first hard drives that I know were, were 40, 40 megabyte drives. Oh, yeah. The first hard drive I had would have been for my when I was running Windows 1.5 on my Commodore 64. So what's the what's 12 and a half floppy hold? <laughs> 144K. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so I transferred it all over to that computer. Then, you know. Can you believe I, Where did I pull that from? 144K. Is that really what a <laughs> I don't know. You said it with such confidence. I just accepted it as truth, though. See, that's how fake news works. Uh, <laughs> Um, that might have been the three and a half inch floppy. <laughs> and it's great that n- neither of us have made a dick joke at this point. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> or will we? Transferred it over to, uh, I eventually got an e machine from Best Buy or something like that. It was a newer computer. I forget what the specs were on that. It wasn't, a, it wasn't it, in such a informative years that I remember the specifics. Transferred it all over to that. Then eventually I got, uh, I bought a laptop off a friend of mine, Steve Shapox. That's right. I'm dead naming him. Steve Shapox. Dead naming. That term, <laughs> that term just was born last week. Steve already jumped out. Uh, awesome. If I had to dox him, I would, but I'm going to dead name him. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that, that laptop did everything. That laptop was the laptop that I recorded every baked song on. It was the laptop that I recorded every hospital song on. And it still exists today. My dad uses it as a recording laptop at his house today. Okay. It's there. It's still going strong. So thank you, Steve Shapox. I appreciate that. There was a couple weird things on the computer when I got it, though. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, please. Took Let's all of that, that, though. I took all of that music, and I transferred it over to, eventually, I got a MacBook. And that time period went on. So now all of this information is on my MacBook, right? Anyways, one day I wake up in the morning and, and fire up my computer, uh, probably to go on MySpace. This is around the era that we're talking about. And uh, it doesn't fire up. I get what's referred to as the blue screen of death, which you have a Mac product yeah, here. I don't know if you've experienced screen. it. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, it means that your hard drive's fried. I took it uh-huh. into the Mac Outpost because they were the only ones that would service Mac computers at the time. In fact, I went to Future Shop first and asked, hey, asked, hey do you guys sell Mac products? And the douchebag looks me in the eye and goes, <laughs> yeah, right, buddy. Direct quote. Yeah, right, buddy. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I took it to Mac don't Outpost. Don't call me buddy. Mac call Out- me and also, like, buddy. are Mac we going to take this to a personal place here, man? I'm not asking your personal opinion on Mac products. And by the way, in the next three years, they started selling Mac products like crazy. Like, right. I just, whatever. I'm not getting into a pissing match about your preferences. Um, took all that information, transferred it from my MacBook to a laptop that I had between that and what I currently have. 
And uh, this is for you, buddy. I lost everything. There you go. Literally everything. Oh, that's the. I'm telling you. Literally all that music from my very first computer to the computer I had prior to this one that I currently have. Oh. Everything. And um, and so I harvested that hard drive out of that computer, oh, and it's did? hanging on my wall to remind oh, me to back my you shit still up. Can't access it. It's gone. It's gone. Gone. It's fried. And like you know, songs I recorded at 17 years old till 25 or something like that. Wow. So back up You're your shit to, is what I'm trying to say. You ready to feel real sad? <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's got a story for you. <laughs> oh, awesome. But it's pretty cool. It, it looks cool. It's a good conversation starter. People walk into the studio and they're like, hey, why do you have a hard drive hanging on your wall? <laughs> Dummy, that's not what, what it's supposed to be for. And I'm like, all oh, right, well... Take a well, seat. Let me, let tell, me you. tell you a tale. <laughs> Get a box. Grab that box of Kleenex <laughs> over there. <laughs> you tend to be the emotional type. Um, your rap project. Yeah. How's that working out? Which one? Jake well, and Jack? Yeah. I never know. Yeah, I was like the guy that interviewed uh, your uh, your other half the other day. He's like, is it Jack and Jake or Jake and Jack? Oh, and yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> Jordy, yeah. We actually had a conversation about that beforehand. Jordy, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. No, that's how we bust screwed balls. Up. I never know balls. which way it is now. Jake and Jack's going great. It was with uh, 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 Jack Shit. He's an old friend of mine. When I mentioned earlier today that I was writing beats for other people so they could perform them at like the high school we went to, it's Jack. It's Jack Shit I was making beats for. And he was the guy that I recorded uh, songs for on, on my brother's A-track as well. Anyways, it's he and I. He's most known for uh, his success in King of the Dot, the uh, Battle League out of Toronto, which, by the way, they just released uh, the movie yesterday, Bodied. Okay. It's called Bodied. It was a movie that was produced, I believe, or there was some sort of endorsement from Eminem, financial endorsement from Eminem. But it was put together by Organic, the guy who runs King of the Dot out of Toronto, and written by Kid Twist, somebody that Jack shit actually battled for the title of King of the Dot. <laughs> Wow. Uh, quite a few years ago now, yeah. but uh, he did really well in that league, and 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 now uh, and now he's writing music with with me and Jake and Jack. It's been pretty good. We got a chance to open up for Shad, yeah, the other day. Literally our our first show ever, so that How was did an you honor. Like playing in the uh, the soft seated. Oh, it was uh, it was in Robertson, so it was oh. the uh, the hall. So it was. Okay. Uh, I think the kids would would say it was pretty lit. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, so, no, that was last month. It so was. Robin, uh, I don't think I've seen anything in Robertson. I've been to the first Ontario pack. Yeah. Robertson's the smaller one where they have a lot of the. the there's a couple different. So there's Partridge Hall, is which the is the, the big one. the windows at the back? Yeah, it's the one. Robertson Hall is the one. Yeah, with the, the Lava uh, played there, I think. His, his yes, series was that there. Would, that sounds about right. Uh, have you been to any cabarets? We do the cabarets in Robertson as well. Okay. Uh, so but they, they do bring out the. Seated? Like it can tables? be. They have bleachers that oh, they can bleachers. pull out. I've never seen but we, we, you know, you don't pull bleachers out for a rap show. Actually, this was like almost <laughs> no. a proof of concept for them because they want to continue to do uh, shows of this nature at the first Ontario Performing Arts Center. It's, it's sincerely one of the best venues oh. I've ever played in. Never mind in yeah. town. So yeah, it's really nice that they're they're um, broadening the horizons as far as the artists that they'll bring in. Um, but they've had some pretty cool stuff. Kid Koala has been through there uh, this year. A tribe called Red, I think. It was just oh, last I just weekend. Missed that. A friend of mine called me at seven o'clock. Said, "Hey, I got tickets." I'm like, "You know what? I'm." Have you seen them? No, I. They're she called me Friday night to, to go. I couldn't, I couldn't make it. It was just too late to notice. And Shub too. Shub separately, amazing uh, artists and and just very unique sounds. Like you know, you, you don't really get a chance to hear some of that music uh, mixed with with EDM, and they they just 
they really do a great job of mixing those things together. In any event, uh, also happened at the first Ontario Performing Arts Center, and uh, it sounds like they're going to really start inviting more uh, rap artists to, awesome. to the to the stage. So it's cool. So We're how really many happy projects to do, do you have on the go right now? Well, Hurricane is my project. Yeah. Hurricane's the thing that I do. If you look at my Facebook profile recently, I changed the top billing to Mice and the Hurricane. That's right. Yeah, what's, I'm what's, one of those guys. Uh, you're the only front person in rock and roll. What the <laughs> hell are you thinking when you put front person up there? Oh, it's just because there's two people so in our bad. group and we, we don't share the same gender. So at least it's... <laughs> um, Nondescript, right? Okay. It's like yeah, well, to you me. Know I s- I'll never stop busting balls on that one. Man. Oh, and I, I would never expect it to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll be honest. Though, part of it is it's a conversation man. starter too, right? Like you know, I, it's not like uh, to be the the person in front of a band is a gender specific role. So what the hell do I care? Front woman, front man. But front woman sounds weird to me too. But front yeah. man, I guess, sounds weird in the same respect too if you really think about it i don't know i honestly i just don't want to think about it so i say front person <laughs> <laughs> so again how many obviously hurricanes remain main uh gig right now but and then you've got uh, jake and jack yeah jake and jack is an ongoing thing for us we uh um, how many others you got there, there's there's others but nothing too uh official like you know hurricanes number one jake and jack is uh is is a number two everything else is just a a one-off or a recreational thing i'm involved with like uh suitcase and point for example but i haven't really had a chance to do much with them the sticks now. oh does he i might have to go address this <laughs> <laughs> frank on drums <laughs> he's got the sticks he's not just using his hands or the brushes anymore he's down with the, the drumsticks so <laughs> oh Filled with music. Playing it like a trumpet. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So, so yeah, this first album, totally different uh, as far as the, the climate of the band was concerned. As mentioned, there was a few of us uh, that are in the band today that were in the band then. But even where it was recorded, we recorded this album at Grant Avenue Studios on uh, Grant Avenue in uh, Hamilton. As, as McConnell would say, the song that started it all. <laughs> and a great video, too. <laughs> yeah, I love the video. That video, by the way, if you check it out, that's oh, no, the house I lived in. Daisy's, Daisy's the one McConnell says yeah, uh, yeah. started it all, yeah. But really, this is the one that actually started it all. This is our first single. The house in that video is the house I lived in at the time. And my good friend Jamie lives there still today. Hear that? Brushes. Was that a paradiddle? <laughs> Um, (laughs) Frank on drums thank you thank you everyone he must think that I'm telling jokes and he's just giving me that (laughs) just doesn't realize that the different drums make different sounds so what uh, album's Daisy's on album uh, album that's on the next album that's on You Can't Do This oh okay Uh, this one we put together uh, you know these were the first songs we ever wrote and Nelson Beatty was, was a huge part of that writing process at the time um, Grant Avenue Studios is very different than the studios we've recorded in since Th- this one is most known for um, Baby Beluga was recorded there Baby Beluga Baby Beluga 
Bob Deutsch. Oh. Um, and also, Bob Deutsch was most known for the Red Green right. theme song. That was something right. he made. He's just not that into you, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, very Four different song time. EP. Four song EP. This one was the single, so we really focused on it. Like we really spent a lot of time on it. But even listening to it, like it's hilarious. The 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 faults that I hear, like. Yeah. Verse one, for example, is twelve bars. It's a sixteen-bar verse. I just don't do the last four bars. <laughs> but that was a stylistic choice I made at the time. Like I, I don't know, it's hilarious. Even to me, when I look back at this project, I'm like, who was that? <laughs> who would have made that decision? Well, the recording must have been a lot different too, as far as you almost went from the floor from the singer. It was a lot closer to that. Yeah, we still did like a scratch with rhythm section and then did the horns, but we would record the horns all together at the time. Now we record one horn at a time. And there's even tuning issues on this album. I don't really hear them like so prevalently, but I'm getting better with that. I know they used to complain about it a lot. To me, though, coming from a world of hip-hop, I'm actually more used to horns being out of tune. <laughs> don't worry, we'll take care of Softy. We got him. I Honestly, he hasn't been eating that much. And I know what he's eating isn't the most healthy stuff in the world. <laughs> but I'm just so happy to see him eat. <laughs> huh. Like those fruit snacks are at least made of fruit. I'm cool with that, you know? Yeah. I'm not trying to make the perfect child here. <laughs> <laughs> Looks perfect to me, man. <laughs> and who's uh, who contributed on the song vocally? So that's um, uh, Shane Phillips. Sugar Shane is his name. He was the original singer of the group, and actually he's the singer I'm pushing up. No, he's not on Pushing Up Daisies. Yeah, no, he absolutely is on Pushing Up Daisies. Right. Uh, he was a big Toronto? part of the band for a long time. He's out of Guelph originally. I think he actually lives in the States now. He's continued oh, so on. So he was in the band? He wasn't just contributing? He was absolutely in the band. Oh, okay. And, uh, so you've had multiple singers since the beginning. Yeah, but he was the only other one. Uh, okay. It was Sh Sugar Shane, and then we decided not to have a singer for a lot of years, and we would have guests come up. Sarah Beattie, for example, was, wow. uh, was a project? guest. Was a guest for us for years. Love to see those guys get back together. Oh, that, that I mean, cool. I know she's doing some really cool stuff. Oh, she's on. killing it. She's killing it right yeah, now. Yeah, Bandit Queen's a great album. Check out Sarah Beattie's Bandit Queen. You can find it everywhere. It's she's awesome. Tight. And it's really cool too because she has this really cool mix of like understanding melody. Like she writes really good songs. Like oh, she's yeah. an excellent songwriter. But she's an incredibly intelligent person. Like the vocabulary that she uses. Like when you listen to a rap song, you don't expect to hear these gigantic vocabularies. That's why guys like Aesop Rock really stand out. Or even Wu Tang mm -hmm. Clan, you know, their, their vocabulary tends to be a little bit more diverse. Mm -hmm. If you listen to Sarah Beattie's songs, it's, it's like she talks very scientifically about certain things, like love, for example. And just the choice of words, it's so out of the ordinary, but it's still excellent songwriting. It's a great mix. Definitely worth So, what did out. she contribute on? She was just uh, somebody that would come and, and do those vocal parts for us oh. live for, for a long time. And Back a lot of that. Or lead? She would do the lead. Both. She would do the lead. Um, okay. And she would be the only person because nobody else really sang at the time. Like right now, we have Sylvie and Chris Sippus, our Chris guitar player. Too? Chris does backup vocals for everything. Okay. Even on the album, he's the backup vocalist. We've got to get into Sleeping Sippus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will. <laughs> um, and. Um, and so she would just come up for the live shows. And that's actually how it started oh. with Sylvie. Sylvie, wow. being a friend of ours, she moved to St. Catharines years ago with Nelson uh, because they were all in a band called The Funky Truth together. And they used to play with the Morant Project at the Mansion House. Um, 
Great. That's how we got to know her. We were playing one night, knowing sound, and um, and we just reached out to her like, "Hey, Sil, we noticed, you know, you're going to be in the same city as us. Do you mind maybe learning a few of these lyrics and, and coming on up?" And she was like, "Oh, I already know him. I'll be there." And we're like, "Great." Really? And then she came out for breakfast the next morning. That's the thing with Hurricane. It's funny, you know. Some bands spend a lot of money on booze. We spent a lot of money on breakfast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're out for breakfast, and uh, and she came with with her uh, incredibly talented husband, Mike. Uh, she, they write music together, the two of them. And uh, we were going to be in some other city the next day. I forget where. And somebody asked, I think it was actually Chris, uh, so are you coming with us? Like, are you coming to do the next one? And she kind of just, like, glanced over at Dano, and, and Dano was like, yeah, like if you'd like to, sure. And she's been in the band ever since. <laughs> you know, we made it official after that night. After the second night, we were like, this is awesome. Let's continue to do this if you're down. And, you know, it was very organic. It's not like anything was strategized. It was just a, a circumstantial convenience at one time that turned into the missing piece. Like, Sylvia was absolutely the missing piece in our band. And she's really owning the lyrics, too. Like, she can take lyrics sung and created originally by different people. It doesn't matter who it is, whether yeah. it's, you know, the beginning of the album or uh, Ash from USS or whatever. And she just owns it. She's not, you know, she's not trying to duplicate the sound. No. She owns it. Yeah. And, and she's really nice uh, such a, a powerful person. Like, you know, she, she, when she uses her voice, it's, it's very demanding. Like, you know, and, and I really appreciate that. And I, I try to do that myself, you know, and some people might call it abrasive or anything, especially for me. Cause I think it just commands attention. And that's how I see it too. And I'll be honest, it's a little bit easier to do that when you're doing something so rhythm-based, like metal music. It was kind of easy to do that. You literally get in people's faces, and you follow the rhythm. Right. And with rap, you can see that that would be pretty easy, too. It's not so easy when you're dealing with melody. But she does it, mm. and she gets their attention. My God, you've seen it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it works. So, yeah, it was really great that um, that the, the cookie just crumbled like that <laughs> for us. Because sincerely, I do think she was the missing piece. For a long time, you know, things weren't really um, building. You know, we were kind of plateauing, and as much yeah. as that pains me even to admit it. But we were. And then Sylvia really, You guys have really taken off. Well, uh, now our thing is is we refuse to plateau. Like, once thing, once we start to get comfortable, we need to take on more. Well, That's how the, ingre- the secret ingredient is. Has it been the touring and the exposure from just playing live, ba- live acts? Because There's two things that we always talk about. Like obviously, there's tons of things that have made this work. Everybody's contributed. Everybody's talented. Everybody's, you know, really dedicated to this project. But there's two things that really happened. Sylvie's one of them. Sylvie's yeah. contribution to this project really changed the way that this project's been perceived, and it's changed the way that we perceive this project too. And presented. And presented. Stage, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, is that Dano really uh, picked up as far as responsibility is concerned. When we started this band, we would, you know, we all had desires to to, to do the. F- to do all of it right you know we wanted to make this as big as we could but that was coming from a bunch of 20 something year olds uh who really know each other because of the common bond of music and having a really good time mm-hmm. and i'm talking about our vices here nobody in the band is you know we've been really lucky nobody in the band's been into anything crazy like you know when i talk about vices i'm talking about cannabis and 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 uh and booze <laughs> and um and really, cannabis has never been a problem, I'll be perfectly honest. But booze can be a problem for mm-hmm. live performance. And we've come to realize that uh, it, it, for your lifestyle in general. And so Dano actually quit booze entirely. He's off of it. He's been off of it for a lot of years. Bottles into the glove. Turning bottles into money. Bottles into money. And sincerely, um, he's done a really good job of that. Like, you know, the money that he used to spend on booze, 
that's insignificant. You know, everybody talks about that side of things. Yeah. Of course, it's great, and I'm sure he needs that money. But the big change is in his his drive. Like, he's so candid about discussing it too. I mean, sure, he's there to help. A little bit. We all struggle with vices, whether it's sugar or sleep or porn or sure, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and uh, I have a feeling that booze wasn't his biggest problem. It just led to everything else. Type sure. Of thing, you know. Yeah. And, it, and well, and, and like a lot of our vices, you know, we kind of run toward them in these moments of vulnerability. Or celebration. Or celebration. Like I, I, I've cut it way back uh, on the weed. Yeah. Um, I don't know, even know why, not even consciously, but um, the dreams that come back and yeah. my clarity, but the dreams come back to a point like, and uh, and last night I did this interview with Elise Legro and uh, MJ was here and Scotty came here after. I got hit with a massive migraine after. I couldn't even click the, like they had to help me. I couldn't look at the computer right. screen any longer. Yeah. And uh, so afterwards, we smoked in celebration. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Okay. Like, because it, my, my, my heart's, like, it doesn't do the same things it used to when I was a kid. Yep. My heart starts racing. I'm, like, amped, you know, like, bump, 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 bump. you lay yeah. down, and you're like, oh, this is like a pound out of my chest You're already flying down the slide. Now yeah, you just put, yeah. a, you know, some ice on your bum. Yeah, but yeah. not in, in relation to, you know, the harmfulness of it. You know, it it's not like alcohol. Like, it doesn't make you aggressive. It doesn't lead to other things. It's like, yeah, let's go get some harder drugs now you know yeah. what i mean but uh and, you know i'm sure it's different for for yeah, everybody and, it, and, it, and it, as um, you age too it starts affecting you differently I think. for me and i you know the the big thing for me i, I don't like not drink it's just i don't especially enjoy it so mm-hmm. um something that i've noticed is if i'm doing a performance and let's say that and i, I don't like smoking cannabis before a show either like you know i got a lot of words to remember <laughs> but if i was to do one or the other um, you wouldn't notice if I was right. if I had smoked cannabis for sure. You wouldn't know the difference, right? Um, because a lot of what I'm doing is muscle memory, and I can always rely mm-hmm. on that. But ironically, because memory is usually linked more so to to cannabis than alcohol, if I have three beers and I get on stage, I can hear the compromise in my voice. Yeah. I can hear myself slurring, and wow. rhythm is everything to me. I I can't perform wow. properly like the way I should be able to perform. So yeah, you know, I'm not saying one's any different or, or any worse or any better than the other, but awesome I certainly understand it. what works better for me. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Glass Joe. Glass Joe. Glass Joe, by the way, this song was written about Mike Tyson's Punch Out. <laughs> Early Nintendo years. I used to love Punch Out. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever beaten it? I've beaten it. Yes. Have you? Yeah. I've never beaten it. I just for some reason, and I've gone back. I even have one of those uh, now, those I new mean, Nintendo, like the little Nintendo things. Which has punch out on it? I'm worse than I used to be. Oh yeah, I, you'd think you'd get better. It's only two buttons, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that rhythm. I'm pretty sure I got to the end of it a few times. I think I, I, I can't remember what the last guy is, but uh, I think I got to Soda Soda Popinski's second occurrence. Oh right. Jiggling heads like I'm Soda Popinski. <laughs> soda Popinski. <laughs> hey Frankie, you wanna come up here? Look at that smile. Good thing you look like your mother, Frank. <laughs> I don't know where I got he Jack. I called him Jack in the podcast last night with the inter- after the interview. I was oh, talking yeah? about uh, well, you coming Jack in was, today and bringing well, Jack Jake with and Jack. I don't know why. I Jack was, was Jack. a Jack used to be my neighbor, and he was cute like him, too. So. My uh, mother's name is Jacqueline. My mother's name is Jacqueline, so that was, oh, yeah. that was a heavy consideration. I'd appreciate it if you didn't touch the microphone, though. Okay, Jacqueline? 
the bingo bango, dancing in the ring like I'm Don Flamenco. We used to do this funny thing where we would ask uh, when we'd start this song, because it starts with, I'd go to the crowd and be like, hey, does anybody have perfect pitch? I'm looking for a concert A. I think it's like this. And we'd wait for them to join in, and then we'd start the song. Happening, eh? Forty minutes. <laughs> charge, but it's been there for a while, so. Yeah, man. It was uh, an exciting time. I remember when all this came together. I was working in Niagara Lake at a winery, which I continued to work at. I worked at that winery for about ten years. But I sincerely, and I mean this sincerely, like I gave up music before this band, and it was just because it was so closely linked to everything in my life and you know I had a bad breakup and you know I was just like it was time for me to change and as a, a result of that I, I was I went uh, I had to kind of catch up on some credits so that I could go to school to be a paramedic I was going to be a paramedic I was it was decided screw music I'm done with it I'm sick of that I'm going to be a paramedic it's functional it's helpful I can go out and I can help people I can be fulfilled and I can get paid for it that's what I'm going to do and then Dano gave me a call and said hey man we got this thing going on um, Daniel, by the way, was somebody that I would reach out to if I needed percussion for hospitals, which was the project that I was kind of playing around with before I gave it all up. And, um, and he was like, Hey man, I'm wondering if you want to be in this band. And I was just like, no. And then he played me something and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was this song actually. That's Back pocket. Yeah. I wrote this song. A lot of times the songs come to me, and uh, they have a title already. It's called Back Pocket. So I assumed it was the back pocket of your jeans, like the opening scene of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I guess that's a pool thing. I, it's just because it has to do with billiards. I had no idea. You're really dating yourself there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Degrassi. Wait, is it Degrassi? I don't know. It's it way is Degrassi. Or after my time. It's Degrassi. I messed up, man. You think you can take that out and post? No. <laughs> There's no post here, bro. I'm lucky I got the battery to complete the interview. Thanks very much, Apple. Thank you for nothing. Seriously, do I not sound like a child? I haven't heard this song in a long time. Listen to that cadence, too. I'm young, but I'm pretending to be old. I'm rapping like I'm an old boy. That's hilarious. I see. I find that a lot with broadcasters too. Like early broadcasters, really feel like they need to put on a voice. And I, I even when I line check myself for my first times on six ten, it's like you fool. Like there's nothing really? more unnatural than an unnatural voice. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Yeah. I never really. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like you're, there's a character that comes yeah. out. Like, like I am not my social media feed. I am oh, not. Yeah who i am on the radio i yeah. mean i'm me still but it's a it's almost like a character that comes out in you but i never i always just rolled with the voice i mean, I, I i definitely understand that and mainly because of hurricane like it's amazing what people assume of me if they only know me from this band first of all they think that i'm into cocaine that's a first that's a big one right out of the gate and i get well, i can understand well and i think it's because it's so high energy too oh, right. that a lot of times people just you know there's just common association there i, I get it 
but I'm not, just for clarification. I've never touched this stuff, and I have no intention to do so. But that'll happen a lot. And, uh, and I addressed this on the new album, like, what is the, the line? Uh, uh, I forget what it is. Frankie. How are you, buddy? Something, it's something but far from inferior. Seemingly arrogant like Lake Superior. That's the line. But I find that, too, that if you only know me from this, you'd probably assume that I'm relatively arrogant. And that's because it's rap music. Like, you know, you can't escape the I'm so cool raps. That's right. a part of the, 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 the what you do. Yeah. But I've always maintained the same dialogue when it comes to that character. Like, and I said this back in the day when I was in metal, too. I don't believe myself. Like, I believe that I'm capable of rapping. But I, I meet people every day that don't rap that are better examples of rap culture than I am. Oh, yeah. I'm an actor, man. Yeah. And I've learned to play that part exceptionally well. And I mean that sincerely. I don't mean that to discredit myself. I don't mean to, to discredit the culture. I don't mean right. any of that. I just mean that you don't have to rap to be a part of rap culture. And some people live and breathe it. Right. There's a bit of a different culture that I live and breathe. And it's not to say that I can't, uh, and, and I love to, to work with that, uh, with that. But at the end of the day, yeah, like, I could be a metal guy tomorrow if you want me to be. <laughs> you one right now. Be a metal guy tomorrow if you want me to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a comedian. Like, that's a big part of it, too. A lot of times people don't realize that comedians are the saddest people in the world. So it's like, oh, you're a comedian, but you write such, like, emotional music. And it's like, yeah, all comedians are very capable of that. You can't tell jokes unless you're aware of the opposite, at least aware. And if you can't articulate it, then you're probably not great at articulating the funny stuff, too. So, like, to me, it's really nice uh, to be able to mix it up. A song like this, I'm talking about marmots and stuff like that. It's, it's a joke. You know, it, it's, it's all for fun. It's, it's setting a premise and then telling a joke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. I can't do that in metal music. It'd be down. completely inaudible. Frank, you got to get nap time in or what? Getting tired out? Are you getting tired, Frankie? This might be a good time to... And the feed on this part. Cool. Just so I don't lose it. Do you want to say hello, Frankie? Say hello. Hey, who's your favorite band? Geeku. That's right, the Eagles, buddy. <laughs> who's your favorite band? Geeku. That's right, it's the Eagles. Yep, I won't let the sound of my own wheels drive you crazy. Thank you. Take it to the Link. limit. Yeah, that's my favorite song, too. One more time. Yeah. He's not into parkour. Uh, oh, you got crap all over your face. Oh, great. Yeah, you look very different if this is your mom's interview. I can tell you that much. Say goodbye, buddy. Bye. Bye. That's as good as it gets. <laughs> You're such a cutie, buddy. There's a microphone at my buddy's house, and he grabs it and totally, like, new metal that thing. He cups it and goes, oh! <laughs> it's got to be my fault. I've, I've been playing them supple tours since day one, so. Oh, good. That got saved. Anyways, we're still on Facebook, so that's just always.
I think if screen. the battery dies while you're recording, it doesn't actually save the Yep, that could be. Because if you think about the way that that would be printed, there's a uh, thing that it needs to do before you can shut it down. I'm just going to wipe your face, Greg, because it's full of crap. <laughs> and I don't mind looking like a bad father, but I don't want to look like a terrible father. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, mister. Oh. Thank you. Oh man, those must have been good tidbits, eh? I hope some of them got in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, thanks for coming in, brother. We could, uh, I could go all day with you, but uh, you know, the, the little man's yeah, got to get down soon, so I want to keep you on time so you're not appreciate that. Dealing with a that. cranky, cranky young man, eh, Frank? Cranky Frankie. <laughs> His uh, Halloween costume was epic. I had that bus, Frank's bus. You know, I'm all about. Uh, I forgot. You know what? Next year I will call you. I'll, like if you feel at me, I'll go out walking with you because, like, I was looking for. I'm always looking for something. Like, I Sheen used to have that. I used, you know, I used to. We got I a just little get thing a hold of my too. my buddies with kids and go out with them. Yeah. But all my buddies' kids are grown now. Like, we got uh, so we go to um, his cousin, his cousin Sawyer. She, um, well, her grandma actually lives in a cul-de-sac. It's really nice. Everybody in this cul-de-sac is all about Halloween. So we do the little cul-de-sac. Then we'll just hit another house or two uh, outside of that. So it's not too overwhelming. It's kind yeah. of hard to find neighborhoods that actually like are into Halloween these days. Like, I don't live in one. I live downtown St. Catharines, man. I swear I'm the only house that even puts the light on. Really? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. been a bummer. It seems like it's different every year. We got a bunch of kids this year. Did you? Great. Yeah. That's great to hear, man. Yeah. I guess it, you know, it could be that because I, I try to scare them when I open the door. <laughs> open the door. Do you find the parents get pissed? <laughs> no. The parents are pissed at me when I do yeah. that. When do this? When well, do this guy one yelled girl at me for? Fell right into the house. I'm like, come on in. And then this little girl just walks in like this. I'm like, hey, help yourself. She's like, right out the bowl and everything. It's classic. I but... love. Like, if I could continue to do that, Halloween would be my favorite ho holiday. Back in the day, we used to do this thing. There's a video called Jacob the Bird. It's online. It's actually the most viewed video that I have something to do with. That. Forget Hurricane. is actually that. It must have done well on some site. Anyways, we used to do it every year. One year, we took it to, like, the next level. So Jacob the Bird was just this bird that we'd have fly in. And we had a, a speaker system set up. So I could just be like, Happy Halloween! And stuff like that. It was just really <laughs> creepy and weird. But we took it to the next level because... Eventually, my friend Mike's mom got on board, so she started blasting like all these Halloween songs and stuff. And we pulled the chain out of the chainsaw. This is where it gets a little twisted. <laughs> we pulled the chain off the chainsaw, so you can run it, but it won't cut you. And what we would do is we'd set it up. This is like year four now, so kids know that you're gonna get scared at this house. So we set up a decoy. We set up a decoy dummy, like so the kids walk up and they're like. Seriously, this is all you're doing? This is lame. Obviously, that guy's going to try and scare me. So they'll go and get their candy. They'll come down. They'll get a quick boo from the guy. Whatever. They're all acting tough to their buddies. <laughs> it's not even scary. <laughs> and then they'll get to the driveway. And that's when Mike fires up the chainsaw. <laughs> and we chase them out of the neighborhood. Not even the house. Out of the neighborhood. <laughs> Anyways, we fired up the chainsaw once. And... This, it was this kid, like he was acting really cocky, just like Frank's going to be one day. And um, <laughs> he was acting really cocky, so we really gave him the, the real show. But he was there with his sister, and his sister, like I'm guessing a younger sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always talking, I know, eh? And um, Mike fires up the chainsaw, and the little girl does a cl classic cartoon 
frightened moment where she like her legs went up like whew, and she just bam fell on the ground like this just bawling her eyes out and now dad's super pissed anyways that was the last time we ever did it <laughs> that dude ruined halloween and i'm sure we ruined halloween for that little girl too so you win some you lose some <laughs> Are you trying to change this from omnidirectional to just directional? Is that what you're trying to do? Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had so much to say. Here you go. Okay, it's not Roots Play Roots, buddy. You don't need to scream. <laughs> he loves that song, by the way. Which one? Supple Tour, Roots Play Roots. Roots! Bloody Roots! Uh, Dave Grohl once roots? said that in all of the years that he's recorded music, his only aspiration is to match the level of quality that Roots Bloody Roots is recorded in by Supple Tour. Wow. It's a great song. You probably know it. I did a bad version of it there. Unrecognizable. <laughs> the star of the show. I know. Are you hijacking this interview? You are my son. Okay, that's, that's not the kind of microphone you want to do that to, buddy. You see, this is a condenser microphone. Whoa. <laughs> just like Daddy. Oh, it just falls in your hair. Yeah, we're all about doing the things that he likes. So, for example, um, you know, if he was into Paw Patrol, I guess I'd have to do that, too. But he's not. He's into buses. So, like, <laughs> I'm going to make sure that he gets everything that I can give him as far as that interest is concerned. <laughs> Because it's not like a licensed item, you know? It's not like the Bless you, son. <laughs> it's not like his Halloween costume had Daniel written on it. You know, it's not a branded item, it's just a school bus. And for his birthday this year, we turned two. We um, got, had all his favorite foods. So it was and this is served for the entire family. Chicken fingers, steamed broccoli, <laughs> um, goldfish. Like those goldfish. I love goldfish because it's so delicious. <laughs> And uh, um, cucumber. That's what we served for the entire family, much to their chagrin. Okay, Frank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. See all of this, Jim? I deserve all of this. This is what I like. <laughs> this is my parental karma. Pet. Yeah, man. It was an absolute pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. I know we uh, the intent was to talk about early mice on the hurricane, and we did talk about that for probably about five minutes. <laughs> we talked about a lot of other things too. Yeah, we got where we needed to go. I appreciate yeah. your time, bro. Absolutely. Love you, man. Thank you very much, man. Yeah. Anytime. I'm glad to have you on. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure it won't be the last time. Yeah, baby. <laughs> hey, Frankie. Buddy. You kind of smell like poo. <laughs>